Hi, everybody. The little joys of life are a big part of one's happiness. It's a very important thing to know. Hi, everyone. I'm Dennis Prager. Welcome back to my house. Can you see uh, my bulldog? No, I can't. Too bad. He's at my feet here. It's it's like it's almost like a Norman Rockwell painting here with the fireplace, sitting with a cigar, my bulldog at my feet. I mean, it's 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 nice. Great to be with you. And this is a uh, obviously a big time. It is the inauguration of the forty fifth president of the United States. I want to say a few preliminary words and then take uh, your questions. The uh, the movement to boycott the inauguration on the part of now about 40 or 50 uh, Democratic uh, Party congressmen is, uh, is quite uh, unprecedented and uh, morally indefensible. The notion that you boycott a fairly elected president is so un-American and so essentially unprecedented that it gives you an idea of why I do believe the left is a, an utterly destructive force. It's just one of the so many examples. Do you think that we conservatives were happy that Barack Obama won last time? After uh, getting uh, the, uh, for example, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare through without a, a single vote from one Republican, the the only piece of major legislation in American history that got not a single vote from the other party. There were so many reasons that m many of us feared for what Barack Obama was doing to the United States. I gave, on my last fireside chat, as it were, I, I gave a list of just some of the things he did that have harmed the world, have increased evil on earth. Not that he means to. The man's not an evil man. We, on the right, completely understand that people who are doing harm, whom we believe are doing harm, might be nice people. That is not something that people on the left can perceive. They can't perceive that you could be a nice person on the right. We are definitionally six herb, sexist, intolerant, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, racist, and bigoted. So obviously we can't be a good person. In any event, we were not happy. There were people who didn't want to go to his inauguration, didn't want to smile at, at that event, but we go. Because that is, the, that is the way in which we demonstrate to America and to the world that in this country, whether we like the decision made in the election or not, we honor it. But the left is not honoring or this decision. He is not our president. He is not our president, go the chance. And then a man with the stature of John Lewis announced that, that announces that... Donald Trump was not was not elected legitimately. He is not the legitimate president of the United States. You know you know what a statement that is. Of course, he's the legitimate president of the United States. He won the electoral college. That's the only way in which you become legitimate. If you really believe that hacking 
of Democratic National Committee emails change the election, then it's because you want to believe that. Those were about Hillary Clinton hurting Bernie Sanders. It had nothing, they had nothing to do with Donald Trump. If anything, all it did was alienate Sanders voters. But Sanders voters were alienated or not in any event. There is no one in the, in the intelligence community argues that it changed the election. They tried to hack the Republican National Committee as well, but the Republican National Committee had better safeguards over its, uh, over its website. Remember, John Podesta, do you know what his password was? John Podesta was the head of the Hillary Clinton campaign. You know what his password was? What do you think the stupidest password you could come up with is? I'll bet you know, password. <laughs> that was his password. The man is the head of the Democratic National Committee. I have to take another puff. It's too painful. Mm. So, so he, uh, John Lewis announces this. Other Congress people announce it. We, you know, they don't. They don't like the fact he's a misogynist and the usual racist misogynist. I don't, un- I don't understand that people take this seriously any longer. My whole life, it's all I heard, racist, misogynist, hater, bigot. It, it has, haven't they cried wolf enough? What is racist about Donald Trump? What is misogynist about Donald Trump? Because he was caught uh, on tape, as it were, saying privately uh, foolish things. Uh, about his ability to uh, do X, Y, or Z with women because he's very famous and they allow him to do it. That's it. That makes him a woman hater. Do you know how how naive that is about uh, Trump and about men in general? That makes him a woman hater? He's a misogynist? All of these things are, are just labels that are thrown out. It is truly, truly a mark of what the left is like that they that they do these things. Here's another example. Do you know the yesterday or earlier this week? I don't remember which day, but earlier this week there at, at a Trump restaurant, I believe in New York City. Anti-Trump people made reservations in the restaurant. So they obviously hurt the people working there immediately because they made reservations that they were not going to honor. They weren't there to eat. At 12.25 p.m., they had arranged, or 12.20 p.m., they had prearranged. They would all start coughing grossly and gross out the, uh, the patrons of the restaurant and then pull out signs, repealing Obamacare will make us sick deep huh these are deep these are adults how come the people of the right never do this how come we never close up highways for our causes think about it how come why is every anti-social protest in other words hurting the society the the innocent people trying to drive to work trying to drive home trying to drive to a hospital they're stopped by black black lives matter by other left-wing groups How come no right-wing group ever does that? Why don't we stop traffic? Why don't we start coughing in the middle of a restaurant to protest Obamacare? We think that made a lot of Americans sick. 
there is a moral difference between the left and the right. The right is governed by certain civil notions. It's not right to hurt innocent other people, innocent Americans, for whatever cause we deeply believe in. When hundreds of thousands of Tea Party people went to Washington in the beginning of the Tea Party uh, movement, they were so peaceful, they even cleaned up after they were there. Did you ever see what a place looks like after an Occupy uh, demonstration takes place? where people have defecated and urinated in the, in these places and left all their trash and rubbish there? How much, dis, how much has to happen for people to awaken to the moral distinction between left and right? Does this mean everybody on the right is a wonderful human being and everyone on the left is despicable? Of course not. There are beautiful people with terrible ideas. It is one of the sad realizations I have made in life. There are wonderful people who have the ideas that will destroy the West generally and America specifically. And there are some awful people who have the right ideas about America and the West. The human being is a complex species. But generally speaking, the further left you go, the more antisocial, the more destructive, the more pathology you have. And they're powerful. And we will see at inauguration what they will do. They will try to scream and curse as much as possible. They're big on cursing. I mean, that's really, without cursing, I don't know where the left would be. This is, uh, these are the sad facts of life. This brings me no joy, no joy whatsoever. I wish America were divided by decent people on both sides and uh, everybody was civil and we debated our ideas without calling each other names and have just serious philosophical and moral debates but you can't have it that way every time anyone on the right takes a position they're a hater they're a bigot they're intolerant they hate women they hate blacks they hate Hispanics they hate everybody the left doesn't hate the left is a center of hatred so this is what's happening boycotting the inauguration I couldn't imagine a conservative doing that it would be so wrong what is, what, what is the message being sent? We have no president? The country? In, in effect, do you realize what the, what the Democrats who are not showing up, and remember, most Democrats are, that has to be said, but the Democrats not showing up, you know what they're saying in effect? That uh, Donald Trump really was involved in a coup d'etat, the, the, the famous French term for the overthrowing of a government. If you're not legitimate, it's a coup d'etat. What else? What, what other term can you use? Correct. This is what uh, this is what it has come to. People, uh, people to this day hide from a lot of people that they voted for Donald Trump, because they know how badly they will be treated at their place of work if their place of work has uh, a predominantly left-wing, liberal crowd. Well. That's the state of things in the U.S. of A. at this time. So it's time to take uh, your questions on whatever you have on, on mind, on your mind. Mm. By the way, I know this is going to sound bizarre to many of you. It's a good example of fake news that people think that there is a relationship between cigarettes and cigars. Well, there isn't. You don't inhale cigars. You do inhale cigarettes. It's a huge, huge difference. 
because the purpose of a cigar is to enjoy the taste of tobacco in your mouth. The purpose of a cigarette is to get uh, affected by the nicotine, which you can only have if you inhale. One is a tobacco taste. The other is for nicotine. It's important. It's only important not because I smoke cigars. It's important because we need truth even in areas like that. I am convinced that lies are the mother of evil. It's another, it's another story for another time. Okie doke. <laughs> Many people are asking, Dennis, what type and brand of cigar are you smoking? Well, it's called My Father, and I think it's from Nicaragua. Nicaragua, as it happens, in my opinion, is making the best cigars in the world today. Honduras makes some great ones, too. Dominican Republic makes some great ones. And I'm not a big fan of Cuban cigars, not because it's been run by communist dictatorship. I mean, Nicaragua's communist running it, too. Uh, but because I think that it's 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 just the other countries have surpassed it in excellence. But by the way, it's just important to note it's only it's one of my favorites. It's like, what's your favorite food? It doesn't matter. Whatever your favorite food is, you don't want to eat it seven days a week. Right? Right. Bradley on Snapchat asked, Dennis, what are your thoughts on President Obama's commutation of Chelsea Manning's sentence? What are your thoughts on Obama's commutations and pardons in general? Uh, I, I didn't understand the Chelsea Manning rationale because the man, now woman, uh, is, is pathetic. And I don't, I don't say that to be insulting, but she is pathetic. It's a very, very, and I'm saying she, all right? I'll honor the sex change. Not an issue. But uh, my issue is not that people change sexes. My issue is that we are denying male-female differences that we uh, that teachers are told all over America, don't call your kids in third grade boys and girls. Call them students because we don't want them to think that they are boys and girls because that's imposing a gender identity. That's bad. I mean, that's really bad. That's confusing to children. Anyway, so Chelsea Manning, I, I, I don't call, this was a traitor to the United States. And I don't, I don't know the rationale. Maybe there was pity because of the transgender issue. I don't know. Uh, in general, the commutations and pardons, there was one done to a Puerto Rican terrorist from many years ago, and there was a Puerto Rican terror group in the United States uh, who uh, murdered people, and I don't understand why, why any murderer uh, uh, is... Uh, I don't understand why murderers are all allowed to live, let alone pardoned. So that's another story for another time. It's, it's one of the great injustices in the world. This in person, I get to keep my life. All right? You can argue a thousand things. You can argue that uh, it is, uh, you might make a mistake. You can argue that uh, it's not right. The government has no right to take a life. I've, I know every anti-capital punishment argument. Uh, but none of them can answer this. Is it just? Simply, is it an act of justice that if I take 10 people's lives, I am allowed to keep my own? There is no answer to that question, except it is a colossal injustice. Kaysen on Instagram, Dennis, do you think the millennial generation is irreversibly left-wing? If I believe that, I would not have Prager University. A very important question. Mm -mm. See, 
You have to keep inhaling, unlike a cigarette, which keeps burning because it's mostly paper and junk. Cigar, you have to keep lighting. If you if you don't, you know, get the air in to keep it going. Okay. Uh, no, of course not. I, I, I believe, in fact, that they are quite... Uh, they don't even know it, but a lot of millennials are open to hear... A lot are not open. They have been I- I- irreversibly indoctrinated. I do believe that. They truly do believe what they've been told at college, that if you differ with the left, you are a bad human being. You are anti-science, anti-black, anti-woman, anti-gay. That is the definition of being a conservative. And it has worked on a, on a certain percentage of millennials. By the way, it worked on a certain percentage of, of my baby boomer generation. Things are worse, but they're not different. I was taught by left-wingers at Columbia University. I don't think I had a single conservative professor. So uh, this this goes back a long, long time. But I believe that five minutes of reason can undo years of indoctrination if, if, this is the big if, the person listening is susceptible to reason. And that's not all of humanity. Most people are governed by passions. But uh, no, that's not, uh, the millennials are not uh, irredeemably. Okay, can I, can I, I'm going to skip this one for now because it's a very big subject and I'll devote a lot of time. So what is the next one? How do I get to a next one? Oh, it's, you, you're, okay. Instagram user Chris asks, Dennis, my left-wing professor will give me bad grades if I don't tow the leftist line in my exams and essays. What should I do? Okay, I have, I have been asked this by a number of people, including parents. What should they say to their kid about this? This is a very, it's a very troubling thing, and I believe you, by the way. I do believe that that's how leftist professors, not all, but I think most would work. Uh, that uh, What I would say is you have to write a twice-as-good essay uh, if you are going to come to it from a non-left-wing pers- perspective, but I think you should because grades are less important than character. If you're going to start now compromising on what you believe for a damn grade, then you will continue to compromise on what you believe for money and for status and for a whole host of other things later in life. Once you start compromising on what you believe for personal gain, I don't think you'll ever stop. So I would rather you get your uh, C over an A or a D over an A uh, and not get into the finest graduate school. It doesn't matter. Ultimately in life, believe me, ultimately in life, where you went to college, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, ultimately, it means something in the, in the very immediate moment. I agree. I, you know, if you say you're, you went to Yale or if you say you went to uh, some local uh, community college, I think, obviously, <clears throat> you have a better chance of getting a certain job as a Yale graduate. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, in the long run, it doesn't matter. In the long run, character wins, period. It's, it, life is a marathon. It is not a sprint. In the sprint, compromising works. In the marathon, it doesn't. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> Zach on Facebook asks, Dennis, will you please consider doing these fireside chats until the end of time? If yes, puff your cigar twice. <laughs> Does that answer it, Zach? Steve on Facebook asks, Dennis, we homeschool our 12-year-old daughter. She watches all the PragerU videos. What are your recommendations for how I can best teach my daughter about one, wisdom, and two, leadership? Well, that's, that's first of all, watching these videos will, in fact, help her. And it will certainly give her wisdom because how much knowledge can you give in five minutes? You can give more wisdom in five minutes than knowledge, obviously. And, and our task is to provide wisdom based on facts. So we fact check everything and we haven't been caught once. And they won't catch us because we fact check everything. You don't, you can't imagine the complexity of the process of putting up one of these videos. That's how careful we are about every word that goes up. So uh, wisdom, uh, well, we're not the only road to wisdom, obviously. Uh, uh, I, I believe that good religion, and there's a lot of bad religion, but good religion uh, is the single greatest vehicle to wisdom. Kids who study in good, uh, good uh, traditional Christian, Catholic, uh, and I mean traditional because not all religious schools, not all or Jewish or Christian or, uh, or Catholic schools are, are even true to their religious calling. But those that are, are more likely to provide wisdom. You, be, you study the Bible, which is the greatest repository of wisdom, by the way, after that, I think, comes Shakespeare. That's how highly I think of him. But but the gulf between Shakespeare and the Bible is is unbridgeable. That's that's how great the Bible is. Because it, it, you, you're not naive. So you know that people are not basically good in the first few chapters uh, of, of Genesis, of the first book of the Bible. And you can't have wisdom if you think people are basically good. That's, that's the, it's an inherent flaw in your thinking. Everything that follows from that will be erroneous. So kids understand that the greatest task of a human being is, especially in a free society, is not to fight society. It's to fight their own character flaws. I was taught in religious Jewish school, which I attended till the age of 18. I was taught over and over the whole point was the greatest problem in Dennis Prager's life is not America, it's Dennis Prager. That's what you learn in a religious school. That is the essence of wisdom, to know that you are your greatest challenge. Okay, uh, Tiana on Facebook. Dennis, what do you read, watch, and listen to for your news? How do you not get frustrated with the bias when you follow the New York Times and CNN? Well, let me take the second one first. I do get frustrated. That's why I periodically sitting at my computer reading these things, and I have subscriptions to all of them, like the New York Times. Uh, I have to stop and play hearts. Otherwise, I will go crazy. I'm not sure I would ever get to the point of kicking one of the dogs, but I, I, do, I do go crazy, yes. Uh, it's like entering a an alternate universe of make-believe. I'll give you an example. The New York Times had a piece. This was, it was mind-boggling. It had a piece last year 
I talked about this on my radio show. And if you don't know about my radio show, I have a national radio show, which you can get on the Internet. You could probably get on one of your local stations. That's three hours a day, and I talk about these things, obviously, a lot. There was an article, a, a, an op-ed piece, an opinion piece, in the New York Times, and it was called Cancer and Climate Change. What do you think the article was about? I'll bet you thought it was about cancer and climate change. <laughs> right? I know. How do I bet that? Because you think clearly, and you would make the inference that an article titled Cancer and Climate Change is about cancer and climate change, the relationship between the two. Guess what the article was about? It was about a doctor who has cancer, terminal cancer, and how what he thinks about climate change. That's so typical in the New York Times and in the Washington Post and in the Los Angeles Times. It's just one that, that remains etched in my memory as so, as so it's a hilarious. It's actually hilarious. Uh, so yes, I do get frustrated, but I read them all and I don't tend to watch much. I'm on CNN more than I watch it, but it, I'm not, that's not a knock on CNN. I just tend not to watch much because it's a very big time factor but there's there's stuff worth worth watching there's no question about it i'm not i'm not uh, guys on cnn there are also some very irresponsible folks on cnn but uh, yes there is a level there is a level of frustration i i, I acknowledge it instagram user william asked dennis i am pro-life uh but uh, some pro pro-choice people whom I've spoken with argue that if a mother in a very difficult financial and family situation didn't get an abortion, that child's life would be awful. What's your response to that argument? I have a one-word response. Adoption. Then the child's life is wonderful. That's the answer. I, 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 it, it boggles my mind that that, that is not the universal answer. In a wiser period in America, that was commonly done, commonly done, where women who ha couldn't ha raise a child or didn't want to raise a child but got pregnant simply gave the child to a couple to be their parents. I have an adopted child. It does it, it to me, I, and I have a biological child, and I love them both. It, it is it, the, the notion that uh, you you only love blood is so primitive. But it's not just primitive. It's irrational. It's irrational. Most people love friends more than relatives. How's that? Just as an example. If I told you, who would you want to spend, if you had to spend six months alone on an island with one person, and if you're heterosexual, not of the opposite sex, okay? So we're going to remove, and if you're homosexual, not with the same sex. All right, we're removing sexual matters. This was all dedicated to the men listening. Uh, so if you had to choose a person, I bet you that you would choose a non-blood person over a blood person, which is no knock. I love my family, and, 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 uh, and I'm blessed. I am totally blessed. But that's, that people, that's people choose friends. Family is built in. Now, there, there are people in my family, you know, I mean, I love beyond words. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it, it is, as I say with regard to adoption, I love, my, my, I love my child, not my seed. 
the first time I saw my 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 biological child, if to use a strange term, I don't think of him that way. He was my beloved son, but the first time I saw him was when when he was born. The first time I saw my adopted child was the day he was born. I didn't carry either one, did I? And so, uh, I uh, uh, why isn't that the answer? Woman can't afford to raise a child. You know how many couples want to adopt and can't find a child? Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of wonderful people. That's the reason that there are so many adoptions of kids from China and from Latin America and elsewhere. Because uh, in America, adoption has become much rarer. People don't, don't have it. If they can't take care of a child, they still keep the child. Because we're, we're not as wise as the past generations. Evan on Facebook asks, I'm a young conservative in Norway, and let me tell you, that isn't always an easy thing. I would go further, uh, Evan. I would say it's probably never an easy thing. One of the most common things I'm challenged on is, how can I defend the American way when Norway comes out ahead of America in many economic rankings? First of all, for a country that has as few uh, people as Norway, to compare it to, th- and is completely homogeneous, homogeneous. They're the same ethnicity, the same race, the same religion or non-religion, everything, and, and tiny numbers, and wealth from the North Sea, uh, oil, uh, to compare it to a country of 330 million people of, of every single ethnic racial background on earth uh, is, uh, is, is ridiculous. Uh, if you want to compare, you know, it's like people say, well, look at the crime in America and the crime in Europe. There's so much more violent crime in America. Yes, but un- unfortunately, a big factor in violent crime in America is black crime. It- it's an utterly disproportionate amount of the crime. If you go to places where there are overwhelmingly just whites, like North Dakota, you have the same exact rates of, of violent crime as you do in Europe, if not less. So you have to compare apples with apples. Now, by the way, any any uh, any left winger who heard that is going to say racism. This is why they they completely suppress truth telling. What is anti-black about my saying that blacks commit a disproportionate number of crimes? Senator Richard Blumenthal, in uh, in uh, talking to uh, 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 Senator Sessions, nominated for Attorney General, uh, just he asked him to disavow a statement uh, made by David Horowitz because David Horowitz had given Senator Sessions an award. And what was the what was the racist statement uh, that uh, Horowitz had said? Uh, too many blacks are in prison because too many blacks commit crime. And that was considered by left-wing Senator Blumenthal to be a racist comment. So what the left does is they don't blame, they're the ultimate racist, this is the irony, because they don't blame the blacks who commit murder for their murders. They blame whites for what is done. So, but if a white commits a murder, they blame the white because the left, unlike the right, the left does believe in an inferiority of blacks. 
That is the reason they don't use the same moral categories to judge uh, blacks and whites. The right believes you use the identical criteria to judge people of every race and background. That was, by the way, what I was taught growing up as a liberal. That's, that, that is a diff- eight, one of the many differences between liberalism and leftism. Liberalism believes you judge everybody by the same standards. Leftism believes you change the standards based on race. Kevin in Prager Force asked, Dennis, can anything replace religion as the central pillar that organizes families, communities, and societies? Name one. That gives me a good time to light up my cigar while all of you out there are thinking of something that can replace religion to do all of those things and to provide people uh, with a, a community, moral elevation, etc. There is nothing. What are, what are people going to unite around? Well, that's what leftism does. You know, they ride around hatred of the right. They have substitute religions. So they have tried to have, instead of Judaism and Christianity, they have tried to have uh, feminism as, as a galvanizing religious doctrine, environmentalism. And for some people, it is completely fulfilling. But it doesn't give you a community. It doesn't give you moral uplift. There, there is nothing. The best thing that there is is good religion. And by the way, I don't only mean good religion by the religion itself is good. Every religion has bad religion and good religion in it. And I'm speaking specifically in the West Judeo-Christian religion. There is bad Judaism and good Judaism, bad Christianity and good Christianity. But good Judaism and good Christianity have given us the best societies. Dennis, when I tell progressives that I support a free market solution to healthcare, they ask me, so you think people should just be allowed to die in the streets? How can I respond to them? Okay, this is how you can respond in a nutshell. You, the, you ask the person, do you believe, what was the word you used? Free, free market solution. Do you think, sir, that there is a free market solution uh, to food? Or should the government run supermarkets? We have a we have a uh, we have a free market solution to food. Does that mean, therefore, that we let people starve? Okay. Same thing with health care. Food care is more important even than health care because you could starve much more quickly than you will die without life without uh, health insurance. Of course, there's a free market solution. Free market solution means that for the vast majority of people, they will buy life. Uh, excuse me, health insurance exactly in the same way that they buy car insurance. They shop around, they, fig- they see what deductible they, they want, how much coverage they want, and so on. And that's the way it is. Why do we have food insurance? Right? If, if, if we give health for free, why don't we give food for free? Ask them that. What will they answer? I don't know. They don't have an answer. Thanks for watching. Wow, who said that? Who sent that in? That's it. We're already done. Will I see will I see everybody next week? I'm looking at my my great staff. Okay, guys and girls and others. Thank you for watching and as we welcome a new president and I have hope for our beautiful society. I'm Dennis Prager. See you next time.